0: Are you stuck in the same old routine at work? Do you find yourself hitting a creative wall, unable to see beyond your current perspective? It's time to break free and unlock the power of Fresh Perspectives. Hello, it's David Gothrow back with another amazing episode of Discover Fresh Perspectives. And today, all the way from Buenos Aires, we have Helen Wilkie. Welcome, Helen.
1: Thank you David delighted to be here
0: so Helen how on earth I mean I knew you when you were in Toronto
1: how uh, tell us a
0: little about about your path to get to Buenos Aires
1: well in, in one way it's fairly simple um I guess first of all my husband my husband died in 20, 000, 2008 and after that I was... I started traveling just a little bit on my own, but fairly close to home. Nothing very adventurous. But it actually started at a CAPS event. I was at... The, you know, when they have this leadership weekend when you're just coming in to be president. And at breakfast time, I was sitting with Jeannie Martinson and another lady who I'm sorry, I've forgotten her name. She's from Montreal. And they were both talking about Buenos Aires because they had just recently independently come back from here. And the more they talked about it, the more I thought, that sounds really nice. <laughs> I should go." And of course, you know, I was on my own. I had nobody to to consider. I could just do it. So I came home to Toronto. I got online. I booked a flight. I booked a hotel. I didn't even ask anybody to come with me. I just came. And David, as soon as I got here, I just fell in love with Buenos Aires. It it was my place right from the beginning. Hmm. And I came back. I wrote to a friend that this was in January 2015, I think. And a friend of mine in Scotland that I went to university with and now is a neighbor of my brother, we were in touch. And I wrote to her and said, Eleanor, why don't you meet me in Buenos Aires? Well, she couldn't do it for that trip because she had other plans. But she said to me, if you'd like to go back at the end of the year, I'll meet you there. So I thought, well, that's a bit ambitious. But like the first day I was here, I wrote to her and I said, you're on. So I came back again in the <laughs> November of the same year, again, just for a couple of weeks. But I thought, okay, a couple of weeks is not going to cut it here. I have to be longer. So the next year I came for three months and then six months and six months. <laughs> and eventually I thought, this is silly. This is where I want to be. So I'll tell you why, how I made my final decision. I had gone back to Canada in the April, planning to come back here in the November, and I was going to Scotland in September to visit my family. And I got back to Canada, and I was thinking about it 24-7, should I do this, or should I not? Really, is it silly? And one day, I sat down, and this thought came to me. I thought, you know, if I was in Argentina, and I knew I would never see Canada again, I would be sad. But if I was in Canada and I knew I would never see Argentina again, I would be heartbroken. Wow. So that was, was a no-brainer. That was my decision.
0: Well, you know, I, I think a lot of people would be a lot happier if they were to follow their heart rather than their head all the time, and look for a reason or an excuse to do those kinds of things. Now, Thanks. now you're a bit of a stranger. Robert Heinlein wrote a book, a science social book many years ago, called Stranger in a Strange Land. And yeah. you're kind of like a stranger in a strange land. So tell me what that what that's like for you.
1: Well, I'm an expat. And like any other major city, there's there's a lot of us here in Buenos Aires. But Buenos Aires is a massive city. I, can, I can't remember. I think we've got 40,000 people here or something. 40 million. No, there's 40 million people in Argentina and 15 million of them are in Buenos Aires. So it's a huge city. Wow. And even though there's a lot of expats, fortunately, we haven't made an impact. <laughs> we've changed any character. And if anything, we've been absorbed and we've become more Argentine. Um, I remember during the World Cup last year, which was a huge deal here, I was walking home and I was wearing my Argentine shirt and uh, I got to the door and my superintendent was talking to a friend and the friend said something to him about me with a shirt on and he said, Helen is more Argentine than the Argentines. <laughs> and I really, That's I, a compliment. I feel, I feel <laughs> that way, yeah. Uh, people who come who live in Buenos Aires are called Porteños because it means people of the port city. And so okay. I my Spanish, I work very hard to speak with a Porteño accent because this is where I live. And um yeah, I do. I feel really, I feel Argentine. I feel I feel that I'm part of this city. Um and having said that, I was fortunate that when I because of Jeannie Martinson. She put me in touch with this woman who had been her guide when she was here. Her name is Cecilia. And Cecilia and I hit it off right away, so much so that we became best friends. And now her family are my Argentine family. I spend holidays with her and her family and everything else. And so there was that. She introduced me to a lot of Argentines. And at the same time, I found the expat community, and I started going to all kinds of events there. And I have the most amazing social life. It's just it never stops. It's unbelievable. And <laughs> what? before we started recording, I was telling you that last year I, I fell and broke my ankle and I was ended up in a wheelchair for four months. And my social life did not suffer one bit. Wow. Because People were coming, people would say, well, we're going for champagne, who's going to get Helen? And somebody would come and get me and up <laughs> there, and they wheeled me to my writers group, they wheeled me to parties, because that's just the way it is here.
0: Now, did they fight over who got to push you?
1: <laughs> no, we never had any fights, but it was always, who's done with it? Was now,
0: great. now, Helen, I know that you have been uh, sort of absorbed by the Borg into the tango culture. So tell me a little bit more about the Tango and how you came to the Tango and, and what it does for you.
1: Okay, I, first of all, I didn't know anything about Tango before I came here. And some many people... So, including some of my friends, come here specifically to dance tango because they danced somewhere else. That wasn't my case. I didn't know anything about it till I came here. But Cecilia said, Well, have you ever seen tango? And I said, No. So she said, Well, we'll go to a show. So we went to a tango show. Now, I personally don't like tango shows because I'm a dancer. <laughs> I like watching. But in those days, I didn't know anything about it. But Cecilia. I mean, there are some Tangle shows that are big extravaganzas. And I think that's the Cirque du Soleil. It's got nothing to do with Tangle. So she took me to a small, more intimate setting to see it. And I just, I thought, wow, this is really great. I love it. And in this particular place, it was very small. It was only three couples on the stage. And it was a cabaret setting. And at the end of the show, the three couples split up and came into the audience and invited people up. And I was one of the ones that got invited up. I <laughs> thought, wow, this is this is interesting. And so I saw another show and I thought, okay, this is it. I, I, I don't want to, I want to dance. And so the next time I came back, somebody introduced me to their tango teacher and I started taking lessons. And I, I've never looked back. It's just, and then after I got to a certain point, he said to me, okay, Helen, you're ready for the milonga. Now, the milonga is the place where you go to dance tango. It's like a club or a dance hall kind of thing, but it's called a milonga. And it's it's like a throwback to the 1940s when you go in. It really is. It's set up with tables on both sides. And in some of the more traditional ones, the men sit on one side, the women sit on the other, although not always. And there's this interesting code of conduct for the milonga and the way it works is this is designed to save face i think so what happens is so we're sitting you're on one side and i'm on the other side of the floor and you want to ask me to dance but you don't get up and walk across the floor because i might say no and that would be awful so you don't do that so you look until you catch my eye and then you go
0: <laughs> so for those that um, that uh this is an audio podcast so helen or uh, helen just raised her her eyebrows a little bit like uh Hey, buddy!
1: <laughs> That's more or less it. And if I want to dance with you, I just smile and nod, and then you come over and get me to dance. Now, if I don't want to dance with you, I just simply don't catch your eye. Okay. So there's no no thank yous or anything like that. It's all, and there are there are codes like that all through the whole tango world. But it's fascinating because, and it's also I love I love it because of the dress code. Like it's hmm. it's over the top. You now you don't have to. And a lot of times people from other countries are starting to show up in ripped jeans, which I don't approve of. And why would you do that when you can wear the most glamorous things that you would never wear anywhere else? And you can do that and you can wear. Can I I I I are people not seeing me?
0: No, they're just hearing oh, you. Okay.
1: Okay, just- <laughs> no, that's too bad because I brought a pair of tango shoes to let you see. I'll let you so, see
0: them. So Helen has these bright red tango shoes with heels that look like they're about,
1: I don't know, six inches long. No, they're not. They're four inches tall. Yeah. Okay, and well, I'm a
0: guy. They look like six inches to a guy if I had to wear them.
1: <laughs> stilettos. And, you know, people have said to me, I don't know how you can walk in those. And the truth is, I can't walk in them, but I can dance in them
0: interesting
1: because they're built for dancing and yeah
0: so helen you know there's probably a lot of people out there that know the waltz and you know they go to a dance and just kind of move around but can you say a little bit about you know what is it about the tango that's special because a friend of mine goes down to tango and learned to play the bandonian which is
1: well that's a very complicated instrument
0: Right. Like it doesn't follow any patterns at all, but the tango does. So could you just describe the tango just a little bit for those that are listening? How is the tango special or different from other types of dance?
1: Okay. well, first of all, if you've ever seen shows like Strictly Come Dancing and those where they have something that they call tango, but it's not tango. (coughs) it's, It's a ballroom dance that stands to tango music, but it's not tango because first because they're dancing very far apart. It's very stiff. Argentine tango is, it's very intimate, it's close. I mean, you're really huh. up close with the person and you're cheek to cheek. And huh. it's, the music is very dramatic. And people have called it a three-minute love affair. Huh. Because you're with this huh. person for three minutes and you make—you've right. never saw them before. And here you are in this intimate, close embrace And it doesn't matter if they're tall, short, fat, thin, ugly. It doesn't matter because you can't see them. You're there and you've got, well, the men can't close their eyes because they have to lead. They have to show us where we're going. But most of the women, you close your eyes when you're dancing and it just takes you away into a whole other world. And um, so the way it works is you, you dance. Each dance is actually three songs. And it's called a tanda. And you dance the all. So once you've said yes, you're up there with the same person for three ta- three dances. And sometimes it works out and you think, oh, good, this is great. Sometimes you think, oh, my God, why did <laughs> I say yes? <laughs> because you do. It's not a thing that you can just wing it. You can't. You really have to know what you're doing. You have to take some lessons to so that you'll be able to follow. Um, and some some people can get quite shirty if you if you can't dance and you're really <laughs> so, um it's never happened to me because I didn't go until I felt that I could hold my own
0: well also you got invited right so they must have thought that you had the capacity to be able to dance that way and to follow well
1: right and so so I mean I go I have one lesson one a private lesson I don't do group lessons I have a private lesson once a week and once a week I and another friend of mine who had the same tango teacher go to a milonga with him. The three of us go. And it's called a practica or a practice. So I learn whatever new thing I learned on Thursday. And then on Monday night, we practice that on the dance floor in the milonga. And so that's so there's the lesson and there's the practica. And and I go dancing. Well, I've been out of commission for a while, but now I'm, I'm back to it. So then I just go independently to the milonga at least one other day, night, a week, and sometimes two. depends how adventurous I'm feeling.
0: So it sounds like the tango is as much a lifestyle as it is just a dance that you do.
1: Yes, it's not just a dance. It's A lot of it's the music. I mean, I do know people who don't dance, but they love – they go to the milonga just to watch people dancing and to listen to the music because the music's – part of the fabric of Buenos Aires. There's a whole history to it. And there's, you know, people, the maestros of tango are people that have been dead for 40 years. (laughs) And they're still playing their music and they still revere them, you know. And um, what we say about tango is, first of all, the, the tango that you see at these shows I talked about, we call it tourist tango, and that's a conjunctive okay. term. It's not, it's not real tango. <laughs> not. So tango is all about connection. And so during the dance, you're connected to your partner, to the music, and to the floor. And when all three are in sync, it it really is a beautiful experience.
0: You know, it kind of occurs to me with with all the all the tension in the world today, and all the fighting and the polarization, that you know maybe if people were learn to uh, could learn to tango together, that that might be a good start to you know having a different kind of a conversation where they realize they actually can they can blend and do something together. It's as beautiful as you've described it.
1: It couldn't hurt. It really, couldn't. Huh. And and one one thing that at the at the milonga is, you could be dancing with anybody. And like we, you know how in North America when you meet somebody new, the first thing they say to you is, "What do you do?"
0: Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, here never ask you that. They never ask huh. you what you do. They they might ask you where are you from. As soon as they know you're not local, they say where are you from. But they don't. Um, they don't ask you what you do. So, but you you know you will ask a person what's their name, but you never ask their second name. It's just their first okay. name. Huh. And, and yeah, and so. You might say, they might say, where are you from? And I, over the years, gradually, I sort of morphed from saying I'm from Canada to I'm from Scotland, because I seem to have gone right back to my roots. And so I say, I'm from Scotland. And so that starts a different conversation. And so you might talk about that. And that's as much as you get to know about a person. There's very little, unless you do get to know them afterwards and, you know, But last just recently, I had a dance. It was funny. This fellow was French and he didn't speak Spanish. And so we were, to, he was dredging up his high school English, and I was dredging up my high school French. And we were trying to have <laughs> See? the good thing they don't give you much time to talk.
0: <laughs> and once you're on the dance floor, it just doesn't matter.
1: It doesn't matter. Yeah.
0: Wow. So, so Helen, I realized this is an audio podcast. Otherwise I'd, I'd ask you to do a couple of spins, <laughs> but um, are, is there any music that you'd recommend that people could get if they go to, uh, you know, to Apple or Spotify or something like that, or, or some artists that they might look for if they wanted to hear the, you know, the true tango music?
1: Well, you should be looking for the, the orchestra leader, which is the maestro. And as I say, there are some classic ones. And my personal favorite is, is the guy called Disarli, um, D-I-S-A-R-L-I. And I've blanked out on his first name, but he's known as Señor Tango. Oh, the gentleman, okay. gentleman of tango. El Señor del Tango, that's it, the gentleman of tango. But he's my favorite, and his music is very easy to listen to. And so if somebody wanted to listen to tango music, just go on, on YouTube and put in the Sally and something wonderful will come out.
0: So I'll ask you afterwards to text me that so I can put that in the program okay. notes, because okay. I, I could imagine how that's spelled. And I'd probably be wrong.
1: Okay. Now,
0: now, Helen, I know that um, you're also uh, having a, a book writers session down in Buenos Aires. I so am. with Would people be able to experience a tango as something that they could do in the evening?
1: Oh, yes. Yes. um, The event is a week long, so I've kind of got it mapped out, what we'll do each night. But we will go to see um, a tango show. And then for people who want it, I can arrange a tango lesson with my teacher. And then we can go as a group to the Belonga. And we can explain things. And (laughs) and Ali and I will dance and show them what it's all about.
0: That would be amazing. So, for, yeah. so those that, don't, that uh, only have uh, two left feet, they could bring a right and left down to that event. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Well, I know you've got to go to a tango lesson. So, th- I do, yes. so thank you very much for taking the time today on Discover Fresh Perspectives. And uh, you know, hopefully, people have a broader sense of tango and, and might consider listening to some and watching some as a, a source of
1: thank of connecting you.
0: with other people.
1: Yes, that's wonderful. Maybe they'll fall in love with it and show up there in Buenos Aires.
0: (laughs) And write a book at the same time. There you go. (laughs) Perfect. Well, Helen, thank you very much for taking the time today. Again, it's David Guthrow on Discover Fresh Perspectives. And we're just going to keep interviewing interesting people like Helen to give you a a different perspective on something you may have thought you knew something about. So, Helen, thank you very much. Uh, David Guthrow, Discover Fresh Perspectives. And have a great lesson.
1: Thank you, Dave. It was my pleasure.
0: Subscribe now because on Fresh Perspectives, every episode is an opportunity to explore new horizons and redefine what's achievable.